What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And now also on YouTube, if you're listening to my voice and haven't subscribed to the show on YouTube, do me a favor, go ahead and do that. Remedy that situation. Go subscribe to the show on YouTube. I would truly appreciate it. I also appreciate you making this show your first listen every single day. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts five days a week, also on YouTube five days a week. Free. Make it your first listen. Make it part of your day. Make make Locked on Trailblazers a part of your routine. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' 103-88 win over the Sacramento Kings. We're going to talk about Damian Lord, who looks like he's going to be out for at least another couple weeks, if not all of the remaining games, but certainly for a more extended absence. And then we're going to talk about how to watch this Blazer team down the stretch. Um, CJ McCollum may return sometime in the near future. Uh, Damian Lord's probably out at least a little while longer, like... What do you want to see from a team where wins don't really matter and, in fact, losses might be better for them and just straight up are better for them down the stretch? We'll have a sort of guide to watch the tanking Trailblazers to close out the show. But let's start here with the fastest recap in the West. The Blazers on Sunday night win 103-88 over the Sacramento Kings at the Moda Center. And this was a wire-to-wire win. The Blazers never trailed in this one, led 27-21 after one. Led by 13 at the break, uh, led by as many as 14 in the second quarter. The Kings, who were pretty much whole, uh, you know, missing Rashawn Holmes uh, and uh, you know missing missing a little bit of depth up front, but they they had they had their best players on the court and they struggled. Blazers led 53-40 at the half. The Kings 40 points in the first half. The Blazers, the worst defense in the NBA, held the team to 40 in the opening 24 minutes. Yikes. Blazers led 82-67 after three, led by as many as 19 in the third quarter. Just didn't let the Kings get close. Did not let them get close. Hit five threes in the third quarter. Um, just made sure made sure they were going to go ahead and win this one. Fourth quarter was uh, mostly turned into garbage time. Lead stretched to as many as 20 points. And the Blazers spent the last three minutes trying to hunt a triple-double for Yusuf Nurkic. Portland gets a win. 103-88. That's your fastest recap in the West, a traditional fastest recap in the West, actually fast. Blazers, no Damon Lord, no CJ McCollum, and no Norman Powell, who entered the uh, league's health and safety protocols and is now going to be out for uh, potentially, you know, it's it's five, it's, it's, it's been reduced to six days. You can get out a little bit sooner if um, the first test is inconclusive or false negative or et cetera, et cetera. So there's a chance he could return sooner, but almost certainly Norm's going to be out for Monday night against the Brooklyn Nets and could be out for the beginning of the Blazers road trip, which begins later this week in Denver. Uh, but without without Norm, they start Anthony Simons, Ben McLemore, Rocco, Nods, Little, and Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, Rocco continuing to start in place of Larry Nance Jr., who left the game last week, a game last week, um, with a knee injury, it looked worse than it was. Uh, the Blazers say he'll be reevaluated sometime later this week, uh, but he avoided all uh, severe damage. This was so good news for good news. It's not a long-term injury for Nance. Um, obviously, reevaluated does not mean he'll return at the end of the week. But um, when the way he walked off the court, it was some concern that Larry was, you know, could have suffered a serious injury. But the Blazers say not not that big of a deal. And so for now, the Blazers are a little short-handed up front, but they've got they've got Rocco. Starting power forward, that's fine. It's just the depth took a little bit of a hit. In this game, though, Anthony Simons carried the bulk of the scoring load. He continues to look like a really serious offensive player on most nights. 31 points and 6 assists for Anthony Simons. Yusuf Nurkic, like I said, an assist shy of a triple-double. 14 points, 16 boards, 9 assists, 2 blocks, or 2 steals and a block. 
Nazir Little, 13 points. Uh, Blazers got eight points from Cody Zeller off the bench and did not play particularly well. Shot, you know, 42% from the floor. They only made 22s, but they hit 17 three-pointers and shot 17 of 40. That's almost 43% from three. That's how you win a game. You just make a bunch of threes, and they did it, thanks in large part to Anthony Simons hitting seven and Nazir Little hitting three. More on them later in the show. The Kings... The Kings, the Kangs, uh, 17 from Tyrese Halliburton, 14 on 6 of 14 shooting from De'Aaron Fox, 16 and 10 from Alex Len, 13 from Harrison Barnes. Buddy Heald came off the bench and had 10. He was 4 of 13. De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald combined to shoot 10 of 27 from the floor. Yikes. They combined for 24 points on 17 missed field goals. Gross. Um... Yeah, I don't think there's a big takeaway from this game. Um, season low for points from the Kings the, uh, by an opponent, uh, Blazers opponent. Let me try that one again. The Blazers held the Kings doing a, a, a season low for an opponent, 88 points, 40 in the first half, 48 in the second half. Gross. The Kings were just, they're, they were just really bad. Um, the Blazers are, you know, came into this game, uh, you know, a statistically behind the Kings, like win percentage wise and, and the Kings, mostly a whole roster just were not competitive in this game, trailed wire to wire in a 15 point loss. Gross. Uh, you know, I came away from this game with a couple thinking a couple things. One, this was a reminder of how good Nurk can be. Like he wasn't, he wasn't super good in this game. He missed some couple, couple early inside, just ugly ones, had some bad decision-making, but the dude's a stat sheet monster, played 38 minutes and almost finished with a triple double, like put him in the game. He's going to do his, um, can be productive. Like even like, like I said, even on a night where I didn't think Nurk was that good, absolutely fills up the stat sheet. Uh, we'll talk about Anthony Simons and Nas a little bit to close the show because they're spoiler. They're who I'm going to watch if the Blazers are aggressively tanking down the stretch. Really my takeaway from this game was that the Kings are a cautionary tale. Um, there was a brief period, uh, you know, if, you, if you're like 22, you might not know that the Kings were, were good in your lifetime. But really from, you know, 1999 roughly until they didn't make the playoffs in 2006, we'll say like 98 to 2006, um, you know, eight, an eight, eight season stretch. Like the Kings were very good during those eight years, right? They were very good. They were even the second best team in the league for a couple of those seasons and lost to the Lakers. And they've been in the desert since then. That's a it's cautionary tale of 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 a whole bunch of lottery picks and a whole bunch of just you you screw up the picks. You, you know, with all due respect, you pick Ben McLemore high in the lottery. You pick uh, Jimmer Fredette. You pick uh, uh, Jason Thompson. You pick you pick Thomas Robinson. You just um, there's a lot of them, right? Like you just, a lot of, a lot of even Tyreek Evans, right? Like a guy who's really good as rookie year, like a lot of shots right up there early in the lottery. It doesn't guarantee a turnaround. And some of that is like, you know, really bad decision-making by ownership, a, a, a cheap ownership group, and then transfer to an ownership group. That's maybe a little more meddling, some bad decision-making with coaches and front office hires and all those things. And, um, it can stay bad for a while. I mean, they're one of, I think the Kings are, and I, I say this with respect to host of Locked on Kings, uh, Matt George is like, they're one of the worst uh, franchises in all of North American professional sports over the last 20 years. Like they're, they've been doing it pretty wrong. And that includes, you know, a couple trips to the Western Conference Finals at the beginning of that, um, that 20 year span. Like it's, I, I caution you. This is why they're cautionary tales. Like you look at the Blazers, say tear it down, burn it to the ground, start over. There's this only way is to get it. But it's like, yeah, it probably is the only way for the Blazers to get good is to tear it down and like start over the bunch of top five picks. But 
there's another side of that coin that is not the Memphis Grizzlies, and it's the Kangs. And the Kangs are bad still. <laughs> um, you can sell hope or you can sell championships. A, a line of someone reminded me of, and now I'm going to just repeat it a bunch because I like it. Um, and the Kings aren't selling either because um, they might be chasing a play in uh, game and they're bad. Um, and the Blazers, not whole at all, still managed to sort of get by them. The Kings, I came away from this game thinking, like, hey, Ant, really nice offensive night. Nurk, stat sheet monster, you know, a really productive night for Nurk. He, you know, played a ton of minutes and then and, and racked him up. And then looking over on the other side, like, oof. You just don't want to end up like the Kangs. And um, the Blazers, without the ownership advantage they once had, and with, you know, a head coach who struggled in the, his first year and having to make decisions about the coaching staff and the front office in the future, it's like you just do not want to slide down the side of the mountain where the Kangs find themselves. And <laughs> because it can get ugly and it can stay ugly for a while. So as the Blazers head towards whatever's next with this iteration of the team, um, the the gentlemen who showed up in purple tonight were a reminder of um, the challenges that rebuilding and the challenges that being a bad team for a long time can present. Let's talk about what's next for the Blazers and the biggest part of what's next for the Blazers, what's next for Dame, the change between little T tanking to big T we're trying to lose. And here, here it is putting our cards on the table, trying to lose is Damian Lillard's availability. And it sounds like he's going to be out for an ex a little bit of an ex more extended run than maybe we had thought, or maybe we all think his season is over, but now we're getting things that point towards that confirmation. Let's talk about that in the second segment. Before we do that, let me tell you about bill bar, the best tasting protein bar that there is. Um, it's not exaggeration. That is what I truly, truly believe. Uh, even in the ad copy here, they want me to talk it up, but I don't need the ad copy because I've been eating these protein bars. They sent me a box a couple years ago. I tried them. I thought they were great. I've started spending my own money buying them. Uh, the ones I really like are cookies and cream. I also really like uh, the peanut butter brownie, but there's something for everybody and there's new flavors all the time at build.com. Limited time flavors, new products. Make sure you're checking it out and whatever you'll find there, it packs a punch. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and no more than five grams of net carbs. All tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. We talked about the Blazers' win over the Kings and just the. I, I came away from watching this game just. Um, I'm feeling a little bit of despair for the good people of Sacramento and their basketball team that's been um, that's been wandering for so long and like just thinking about the Blazers like oof man that's a long road um, you know 15 years and like and here you are in year 15 of this of you know the seventh cycle of the rebuild and you're like they'll get 10th like that's just that's a long time the Blazers have been historically very successful they also historically had Paul Allen as their owner f since the early 80s so uh, or late 80s rather so um the thing the definitely new era of the Blazers you got to hope that it's um that there's that that they follow any any other model essentially but what the Sacramento Kings have have done there in Northern California uh but there's some news about sort of the present of the Blazers, um, the Chauncey Billups told reporters today, um, me sort of of sorts. A, a follow up question I asked after John Hike and a Bleach report asked um, if there's an update on Dame. Chauncey said no. I asked Chauncey pregame if um, 
if Dame was going to go on the trip. And Chauncey Billups said no, that uh, Dame is actually going to be away from the team getting meeting with specialist doctors and will not be on the Blazers' six-game road trip that begins Thursday. Also means, you know, he's obviously not going to play Monday when they play the makeup game against uh, the Brooklyn Nets. But if there was some hope that maybe Dame would try to come back here in this mid-January period, see if his body's right, and then make a decision for the future, it looks like that's going to be pushed back some time. So uh, the Blazers begin a six-game road trip Thursday in Denver. Um, it's it's a long way from from now. Like uh, they play Brooklyn on Monday night, and then at Denver, at Washington, at Orlando, at Miami, at Boston, at Toronto, and then home. And they play two games at home real quick, and then head back out on the road. It's it's tough, right? They've got a really brutal January. We've been over it on this podcast, but as a reminder, they have a really brutal January. This is their season-long six-game road trip, um, and it, it kind of makes me think that. You know, Dame has been kind of the, the, no one has said it like publicly within the franchise, but I, I believe, and it was first reported by um, actually Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy Basketball and the Locked On Podcast Network, uh, that, that at the beginning of the year, maybe there was a consideration that Dame would have some sort of abdominal surgery that may, you know, keep him out for an extended period of time, but that is that the injury to his abs was bad enough that there was a surgical option or a surgical, there was consideration. The reporting from Josh was that, surgery had been considered and then he was playing and it was like, I guess the surgery, you know, maybe it's, it was bad, but he's not going that route. So there's, you know, the Blazers have not said this by any means, like no one has used the surgery word within the team, but I think the assumption within the fan base and based on Lloyd's reporting and based on sort of where we're at is like, there is a surgical option in the future. I'm not a doctor to sort of know what that is, but um, it seems like there is a surgical option and and a surgical option would mean Damon Lloyd's season is done. And I would assume that these meeting with specialists is to decide whether you go ahead and do that versus if there's some sort of aggressive rehab that would allow Dame to sort of chance it and come back. But the decision is going to make itself. Uh, the decision is going to make itself. Like, the Blazers are 15 and 24 after after winning this game. And, like, you can look at the standings and say, like, oh, well, here they're so close to the playing round. But, like, 15 and 24, right? Um, they're, they're going to go... They're going to go on this road trip. They play Brooklyn, who's a good team, and going to have Kyrie Irving, um, a road game participant, who's going to play a road game in Portland. Like it's a good basketball team. Brooklyn played today. Um, they're in a the back. They played today in Brooklyn. They then they flew um, the noon game in Brooklyn, then fly to Portland for the second half of back to back. Absolutely brutal travel schedule. The longest back to back in the history of the league in terms of of traveling miles. Bonkers, right? But they're they're going to get this game in, and Brooklyn's really good. Um, if we assume the Blazers do not win that game, because you know, no, no Norm, no, no CJ, no Dame, um, more on CJ in a moment. Um, you know, they're going to head Brooklyn, then Denver, Washington, Orlando, Miami, Boston, Toronto. If we sort of generously suggest that over the next eight games the Blazers go three and five, if, you know, if they win at Washington, at Orlando, and at Boston, I think that I think that's actually a, a relatively generous read on what they might do. Um, over the next seven games, if they go, if they go three and four, of the next seven games, like that's, that's pretty generous. It, and if, and if they were to go three and four over those, over those next seven, that puts them at 18 and 18 and 28, like they're 10 games under more than halfway through the season. That'd be the 46 game mark. Like it doesn't, if, if Dame's, unless there's some sort of magic that happens while Dame is meeting with these specialists, like 10 games under at the 46 mark, the 46 game mark, this decision we made for Dame. Decision we made for Dame. Like it, there won't, it won't, it won't make sense for him to come back. I bet he wants to play. He's incredibly competitive and and fiercely optimistic. I bet he wants to play. I bet he wants to play because I bet he wants to get 
the Blazers to, you know, eighth or ninth, play in the play-in, get get a chance, get a puncher's chance against Phoenix in the opening round of the playoffs. Um, the Blazers don't have that. And even when Dame comes back, if he's not Dame, if he's not the guy we remember from the last couple seasons um, where he was one of the 10 best players in the league and he's a guy who looks like earlier this year when he's just not healthy, he's not himself, there's flashes when he's himself, but he hasn't been there, then you know, it's, you're, you're just kind of stuck in the mud some more and you're not, um, it doesn't go anywhere. I think the decision's going to make itself. If the specialists don't specifically recommend that Dame get surgery when he's meeting with them over the next, you know, the end of this week and then the decision comes in the following week, if, if, if there doesn't come out and they don't say, Hey, we're, you know, Dame's going to be shut down. If he does decide to come back, and I think there's some logic I've, I've seen float both floated by media members. Um, you know, I, I believe Jason Quick mentioned it, uh, and I mentioned it here on the podcast, like that maybe Dame, who's like on the cusp of making the Western Conference All Star team, comes back, tries to kick ass for a week, and and make the All Star team, um, and then make a decision because legacy wise and um, pride wise, like being an all-star again for the eighth time is important to Damon Lord. And, you know, he doesn't, everyone wants to play and do well. It's like a totally normal thing. I'm not like, um, no value judgment there. Just like sort of the reality of it is that he might want to make a push for, um, for the all-star game. And I think he's, I think like 11 of those spots are pretty much set, but there's like a, you know, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Ayton, Damon Lord, um, tier of guys that it's like, yeah, maybe they're the last spot. Maybe that's, you know, Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander, that like kind of last spot of guys for sure. Like, and I think Dame's still, even for as much as he struggled kind of squarely in that tier. And if he comes back for a week, maybe he gets, he gets put in there because he's certainly part of the fraternity of very good players in the league, um, just hasn't been healthy this year. But once, once you kind of get there, once you get to that end of this road trip and the Blazers come back and they play two at home and then out for four more on the road uh, to close again, a brutal January, like, does it make sense for Dame to come back? Even if he wants to, can the Blazers convince him? And and by Blazers, I really mean like the front office. Can Joe Cronin sit up, sit Dame down and talk about sort of the big picture health of the franchise, which includes him being healthy? Like, um, I, I kind of think if Dame doesn't play on this road trip, which Billups, when I asked for follow-up, like, is he only going to miss the beginning? Is he going to rejoin you? He kind of, he said he's, Dame's going to be seeing specialists. He kind of made it seem like Dame's not going to be on that road trip, period. Dame wasn't at the arena tonight, so he might already be on that journey to go speak to specialists and kind of make a decision about his future. Um, unclear exactly what um, whether Dame's uh, was skipping the game for whatever reason, or if that's already on the table, I would assume it's some combination of both skipping the game because, um, you know, he needs to get right and go get healthy. And also because maybe he's already in wherever I'm going to guess the city of Los Angeles. That seems to be a place where uh, people go for medical advice, but like, regardless of what major metropolis he goes to or, or whatever, like, if he doesn't play in this this road trip, the decision's going to make himself. So either he's going to make it or the team's record's going to make it. And that's the shift from little T tanking where they're just losing games because they're not good to big T tanking where they've shut Dame down and they've made their moves beyond that. In addition to Damon Lord, and I think his health, we've kind of detailed what that's going to look like. CJ McCollum, Chauncey Billups told uh, Blazers Radio today in an interview he did pregame that, uh, that CJ McCollum is... Totally healthy, recovered from the uh, collapsed lung. He's in shape. He's he's working out of the PF and ready to go. But the team is just holding him out until the birth of uh, of his first child. Him and his wife Elise are expecting uh, their their first child any day now. As, as far as I know, I believe it's like imminent. Um, when CJ spoke to Jason Quick for the Athletic like a month ago, he said it was between one and four weeks. Where I, I believe we're on the far end of that four weeks since that interview happened. 
any moment. Like it could, by the time you listen to this podcast, they could have had a child. Um, that seems to be little T tanking, like not having CJ come back and sort of risk health stuff to, you know, um, basically COVID exposure to like, so he can have this kid. Like that's a little T tanking. They, if you want to win, you would, CJ would be here. If you want to maybe not worry so much about winning and be respectful to someone with a big life event, you let them hang out like cool on the Blazers to sort of do that to CJ the human. But this is like I said, this is a little T tanking. Um, NBA dudes all the time play a game up until the moment their child, you know, a moment until their partner is, is, uh, you know, going into labor and then they peace out from, either from the home gym or from a away gym, like Damon Lillard really, literally hopped on uh, a jet in Memphis and flew home from, uh, to, for the birth of uh, Damon Jr. So like it's, this is, this happens in the league, but the Blazers are, you know, they're being cool to CJ McCollum, who's about to, you know, become a father for the first time and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've got no beef with it, but you got to call it what it is. This is part of the sort of little T tanking exercise. So no Dame, potentially no Dame for the remainder of the season, certainly in, certainly in the cards, no Dame for the remainder of the season. CJ back soon, um, you know, soon, soon-ish in the next week, unless they make a big, the big trade to get rid of him, um, which would be qu- quite a thing, letting him hold out and uh, <laughs> letting him hold out uh, until his child is born and then trading him so he never plays a game again. Quite a weird way for CJ's Blazers tenure to end. I, d- I hope it's not like that, but certainly on the, on the table. Um, but, you know, and no norm for a, somewhere between three and six days, uh, potentially longer. Well, well, he is in the health and safety protocol. So like, this is the team they have. And I, what I want to talk about to close the show is like, how do you watch a team like this? The Blazers are tanking, whether the capital letter or little or lowercase letter. This is a team that is playing for ping pong balls. No one's going to admit it. But they're doing it right in front of us. We we all know. So what I want to do to close the show is talk about like what I'm going to watch from a team where the wins don't matter. And in fact, many fans I saw today on uh, social media were a little bit miffed that the Blazers lost to a bad Kings team and said, darn it, we're supposed to lose all the games, particularly to the bad teams. So let's talk about that to close the show. Before we get there, let's talk about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. That's it. That's what they're doing. Um, they're just making it easy for you to bet on all your sports, whatever you want to do, whether that's the NFL playoffs that are, uh, as of recording this on Sunday evening, officially established, whether that's the national championship game for college football, which is happening Monday evening, January 10th, as this show comes out, whether you want to bet on soccer all over the globe, whether you want to bet on the NHL, which is back in action, whether you want to uh, bet on combat sports or play your favorite Vegas casino games, which are also available on betonline.ag. You can find it all there. And while you're there and you're making your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On. you get a 50% welcome bonus it's a 50 percent welcome bonus when you use the promo code locked on on betonline.ag it's bet online where the game starts still a pass first point guard still mike richmond you're still listening to locked on blazers we talked about the blazers win over the kings we talked about the we talked about the cautionary tale of the kangs and we talked about sort of the future of Damian Lord. The It seems like his season is either done or he's going to make a brief cameo before it's done again. But the decision is going to make itself. Either the doctors are going to tell him he needs surgery or the team's going to tell him it makes more sense for him not to play. Um, that's the direction it's headed. And if it's headed in that direction uh, and CJ is going to be out for a little while, Norm's going to be out for a little while, this is not a very good basketball team. Um, you know that. You know, you've seen the record. 
They're 15 and 24. You saw them win a game in which they shot 42% from the floor. You saw you saw them go 20 for 48 from two-point land and win a basketball game tonight. If you didn't, they went 20 for 48 from two and one. It's the beauty of the three-point line or the beauty of the Kings. My gracious. Uh, the Kings went 7 of 31 from three. Blazers go 17 of 40 from three plus 30 at the three-point line and you win the basketball game. Sometimes it is that simple. The Kings stank, but the Blazers also stank. But that sort of brings up the questions like what to watch when you're watching a bad team. I asked uh, Chauncey Billups on Friday night after the Blazers, um, the Blazers played. I kind of just like, are you are you recalibrating? Are you like, are you you know what what is? Have you changed your view of what success is? Because you know the Blazers, they got it. They got the win over the Hawks, and they lose to the Heat. They lose to the Cavs. You know, shorthanded Heat, and um, most of the Cavs, and um, and they were competitive in both those games. And the games got just kind of like got to the final three minutes, and the Blazers, you know, um, to quote Corey Brewer, got to the rim and ran out of talent. Um, and I kind of asked Chauncey Billups, like, are you going to sort of recalibrate what success looks like for, for you and for your team? Because to some extent, like playing pretty well and then coming up short for many fans view is successful, but coaches are never like that. And then that's, and you know, players and coaches don't really tank coaches tank a little bit, depending on who they put on the floor. And if, uh, if Chauncey Billups ever commits to playing Greg Brown extended minutes, you'll know what the deal is, but you know, it's some of the tanking. You just have to take it, take it out of the player's hands. Like no Dame, no CJ, no norm. This is a team that tanks. So it's like, what do you watch? Typically, it's obvious. And I think for the Blazers, for the most part, it's obvious. You're going to watch Anthony Simons and Nazir Little. And their development is the most important part of the fi- of the final games of this season. Of the second half of this season, the absolutely the most important part. But it's not as simple as, did Nazir Little hit three threes tonight? Yeah, hell yeah, he did. But to me, the most important number that for Nazir Little is attempts. Seven three-pointers. I want to see I want to see Nas get it up and be someone who's, a, who's you know, six plus attempts from, you know, I think five is maybe a good number for Nas every single night, but shoot five three-pointers, shoot the ball a bunch, because what I want to watch from Nas and Ant is not the box score stuff. You can box score scout all you want. Anthony Simons was an awesome offensive player tonight, finished with 31 points, but I want to see the little growth, right? Like I don't need the box score is going to matter because like 30 points is a bunch in an NBA game and seven three-pointers that Ant hit are a bunch. Like the box score is not going to totally lie to you. So I don't want to like, I don't want to say like Ant didn't play well. That's not what I'm suggesting. What I'm suggesting is that I, what I want to see from Anthony Simons and Nazir Little is, is the growth into what I think their best version of themselves can be. And for, for Nazir Little, to me, that's th- a three and D wing, um, a guy who can play three and four and even guard twos and like... So I want to see him shoot a bunch of threes. I want to shoot, see Nas shoot five plus threes every single night. Um, you know, you want him to make two, right? You want him to go two for five and be a 40% three-point shooter. But for me, it's the volume. I want to see him just get them up, get good, clean looks, spot up and take smart smart shots, be a spacer, and be fearless in those attempts. Like Nas is going to be, Nas is a great straight line driver and can attack downhill, but he's not going to be able to get into the paint as well if he doesn't scare people with his three-point shooting and then can attack closeouts. If he can do that, he's a very special player, like because of the athleticism and the rebounding. If he adds some real shooting and some real, you know, opponent's fear of him shooting, he's a special player. And I want to see him, so I want to see him take those five threes a game and I want to see him step up as a defender. Um, 
he still can get a little lost in the team concept. And I don't really care about sort of the overall success, but I want to see Nas improve, continue to improve as a defender. I think the most important, like his, his growth into a three and D guy um, is incredibly important over these last um, handful of games. He's never going to be a featured part of the offense. He doesn't need to run pick and rolls. He doesn't need to be a high usage decision maker. He doesn't even need to be like a great playmaker. He needs to shoot. And he needs to defend. If he does those things and takes big steps in those places, I will be ex- I will be really excited about the future of Nazir Little. And he's going to get a bunch of opportunity here on a team where his development is paramount. So um, that's, for me, develop into your ideal role. His ideal role is a 3 and D guy. Let's see Nas develop into that. For Anthony Simons, his ideal role is probably something like just dude who can go get it. And he can go get it right now. Like he can really score. Um, you know, he didn't play particularly well against a really good defensive team in Cleveland. Um, and call it what it is like he struggled against in the first half when Kyle Lowry was on the court against against the uh heat like against elite defenses he still um you know he looks like a guy going against elite defenses they're good for a reason but when he goes against bad defenses right now Amphrey Simon sets those teams on fire he lights them up um and that's that's pretty darn exciting. You know, the, the Hawks, a terrible defensive team. The Kings, a terrible defensive team. You know what Amphrey Simons did? He gave those two teams 74 points. Like that ain't a nitpick. Let's go get it, dog. Like go get it. Um, but the step for me, like I, I know Ant can score and I'm, it's fun. Like he's just fun. He's got a, he's got a funky release. That's really fast. And when he's on, it is a pure jump shot, but I want to see Ant take a step towards being a point guard. For me, that's his ideal role. And that's what I want him to sort of grow into. So there was a couple plays in this game that kind of, I, I highlighted, he had a pass to Nazir little, a bounce pass through traffic, uh, with his right hand in the first quarter to Nazir little, that was such a good pass that Nas didn't even, it didn't even go up clean. Cause it got through traffic. It just hit him perfectly in the hands, just an absolute threading and threading the needle a uh for listener jamar an absolute dime from ant that Nas actually did end up finishing um and it was it was a heck of a pass uh he also had one on in the third quarter on nurk on the roll that ant drove down the left hand side uh the defense came and he whipped it back to a to a crashing nurk for an easy dunk bad defense by the kings but the go hard to the right hit a guy on the move in rhythm like that's i want to see more of that from ant um i feel like right now ant's passing is he can make the read like he sees it but he doesn't always make the read in time and the defense also sees it and he can either the the pass is a, a half beat low or it gets stolen a half beat late or it gets stolen um but I want to see him keep developing that. Um, those two plays. Also in the fourth quarter, he had a, a finish where he went to the right and finished with his left hand on the move. I want to see Ant finish at the rim. Like I want to see him get downhill and be a point guard that gets into the paint and and creates advantages and then exploits those. Like the whole point of defense is to create, um, give yourself an advantage. Or the whole point of basketball is to create an advantage, right? Like you get the ball in your hands, you create an advantage, the defense has to react, you can make a play, you can score, you can pass, whatever. But like... you. Ant has that athletic gifts to to be a mismatch and to create advantage when he has the ball. And let's see him grow into that and become, you know, like a true sort of point guard decision maker to go along with the elite scoring because the scoring is so damn fun. And if he doesn't grow into a point guard, but he grows into a guy who scores 20 something a game. That's cool too. <laughs> like that's cool too. Um, but like, you know, the ideal version of Amphrey Simons is someone who's, you know, is like a 20 and eight guy, right? 
20, 20 to 24 points per game, eight assists a night. Like it's, it's an elite level guard. That's the ideal. And, and so let's see him continue to thread those passes uh, to Nas. Let's see him continue to run, you know, smart pick and roll with, with Nurk as his pick and roll partner. They're going to get to run a million of them, assuming Nurk's on the team. And if he's not, whoever his pick and roll partner is in the future, let's see Ant go ahead and do it. Um, that's those, those are, for me, that's what I'm going to be watching. And that's the obvious stuff. Um, the other parts don't matter. Like I'm ready for, I'm ready to not have Tony Snell play minutes. Like the Blazers don't need to, I understand like the, why I started with the recalibrating thing from Chauncey in this segment is like Chauncey Billups wants to win games. His job is to win games. If they lose it, you know, eventually it's going to be okay to lose and it won't matter as much for his overall record, but like he wants to win. Coaches want to win. They don't want to, you don't want to lose your job. Cause you just, um, cause you blew it. And I'd like, I might be too late for that quite frankly, but He's not going to lose his job, but it might be too late for like the Blazers being bad. So like, let's get no more Tony Snell minutes and eventually Greg Brown minutes. But I get why Chauncey doesn't do that. Greg Brown makes a ton of mistakes. Tony Snell doesn't do much, but he does. He rarely makes mistakes, right? Like he's going to be in the right spot and do the right thing. Greg Brown is young. And when you, and for me, when I watch him play, he makes it just makes a ton of mistakes. Um, some of it skill-based, some of it IQ stuff where he doesn't know where to be. Some of it physicality where he's just not strong enough to sort of do what they're asking him. But at some point, that's great. Have Greg Brown learn on the job. Um, and for me, that some point might come like Friday. <laughs> let's go ahead. It's Sunday evening when I'm recording this. By Friday, let's go ahead and turn them keys over. No more Snell minutes, only only Greg Brown minutes. I want to see CJ Ellaby also continue to develop. Um, I'm not a big believer. Like second round guys popping and becoming NBA players is a luxury. Um, of the three, CJ Ellaby, Trenton Watford, and Greg Brown, Trenton Watford, for me, has the biggest chance to become a long-term NBA player. Great feel, um, has some skills as a ball handler, is, is has really good defensive instincts. Um, still pretty limited on offense, but that sort of a little bit of ability to handle the ball, a little bit of like some ability to rebound and some defensive instincts at his size, really intriguing player. To me, it's like, let's see him grow and, and continue to do those things, but also just a ton of, let's just have some developmental minutes for Ellaby and for Brown and for Watford. Um, I'm not going to be watching them as closely because I don't think the next iteration of the Blazers kind of depends on their development. But if one of them pops, awesome. So go ahead and let's give him a chance to sort of see what that is. And for my money, I'm a trend in Watford believer. I think he's, I think he could be an NBA player. Um, he's, he has some little flashes where I, where my eyebrows perk up. I already got big eyes, but they get even bigger. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's what I'm going to be watching as the Blazers close out this season. We'll kind of check in on all five of those guys, um, particularly, obviously, Ant and Nas, because they're going to play a bunch, and Ant's going to score 30 points every night, right? So we're going to talk about him a bunch. But his those sort of developments on the edges is what I'm going to be watching. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, Blazers play the Nets tomorrow night. We'll have a recap of that show waiting in your feed on Tuesday. On Wednesday, Wednesday show will be a mailbag. Thursday show will be an interview. Uh, very likely Jason Quick on Thursday. Could be Friday, depending on when we get him. I'm going to try for one more interview this week. We're going to do more. I'm going to have more guests on the show down the stretch. Um, the games matter a little bit less. So I want to talk to other people about their perspectives on the team and the future. Um, you know, trades could be around the corner. I think it's inevitable that at some point Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic get traded. So we'll be here to talk about it when it happens. So make sure you join us. Make it your first listen every day. Free five days a week, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. You listen, make a part of your routine, and tell your friends to do the same. Tell them to look for us wherever they get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be right there waiting for them. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.